Welcome back to Escape to the Magic Podcast. We're your hosts. I am Randy. I am Dak. And I am Ryan. Who? Yeah, that's right. I am back, fellas. Who's Ryan? Welcome back, buddy. The long extended break is now over, and I am back with you guys. I'm excited to finally be back in Studio A. Man, I thought we had you on waivers for a while there. I didn't know what was going on. And nobody picked him up. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not very valuable on the open market right now. <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still honing my skills. That, chasing that NIL money couldn't get what you were looking for, <laughs> yeah, huh? That's right. Yeah, I, went, I entered the transfer portal, portal and uh, yeah, nobody picked me up. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, story of my life. So yeah. I get it. I get it, Holmes. I get it. But good to be back. So well, we, we're excited to have you back. And, and we're excited this week to talk about what's new in 24 at Disney. And this is... Guys, this is actually a pretty big topic. When we started looking at it initially, we thought, ah, there's only a couple things. Reality, there's a lot going on this year across the Disney universe. Yeah, I think so, too. I think this year we're going to see a lot of activity. Now, in coming years, who knows, because we're going to see the fallout of some of the spending cuts and so forth that were put into place, you know, a couple of years back. But I think for 2024, we have a lot of a lot of new stuff coming down the pipe. Yeah, so very exciting but before we do that, before we do that, I think it would be a great opportunity to hear from our long absent compatriot over here <laughs> about some of his exploits while he's been away. Because you have had some magical escape scenarios yourself. Absolutely had a magical escape. And I need to, first of all, here on the show, I need to offer a public apology to Dak. Uh-oh. For the longest time, I specifically have given him a hard time about his love for Disneyland. Just never could really understand it. Even after our guys trip, I liked Disneyland, hadn't fallen in love with it yet. Uh-huh. Dak, I apologize to you. <laughs> here we go. Let me tell you, let me tell you. So we were out there the 27th and the 28th, just after Christmas. Guys, oh, it was so magical. It was, in terms of ranking all time on my trips to Disney, probably top five. Nice. It was spectacular. And I had a few, just a few comments, a few thoughts here. So number one, the Avengers Campus, totally overrated. Sorry. I just, California Adventure as a whole, that was our very first park day. We had a good time. Uh, Weather was actually pretty, pretty fantastic. For for me, my wife, maybe a little on the cold side. Guys, we ate at the Carthay Circle rest, restaurant with their holiday menu. Probably some of the best food I've ever had. Really? At, at Disney. Yeah, just amazing. Just amazing. So what did you, like, tell us a little bit about what you had. Well, I mean, the <laughs> restaurant, generally speaking, is just this old Art Deco, old Hollywood yeah, style. Yeah. So just a beautiful restaurant, fantastic vibe. I ended up getting the the lamb. It was this decadent <laughs> meat falling off the bone, just amazing piece of meat. <laughs> um, and that that restaurant was really cool. I, I think that's a that's almost a must do now. If you if if you're out there. Oh, I wanted to say. So I was listening to you guys the episode of um, Christmas Buy or Sell. Oh yeah. And I I mean I actually love this episode, and I had a few thoughts. So number one. You guys both sold on going to Disney the week of Christmas. Yeah, you can speak to this. I would say I would say probably before this trip, I was I would agree with you. Absolute sell. But let me tell you, we've talked about managing expectations on this show many, many times. And the expectation going out there that this was going to be a crowded week at Disney, and it certainly was, definitely a 10 out of 10. With that expectation, with having Genie Plus. We were able to do everything we wanted to do without a problem. Wow. I would say the, the only times we really had to wait for an attraction or ride, we did wait for Indiana Jones for about an hour. Um, and then we waited for the Haunted Mansion uh, the first time we rode it. We actually had a lightning lane for it later in the day, but we did wait for it at first. And only because one of the elevators was down. Mm. So the line actually moved fairly okay. And then we got up to the front and the app was showing that it was down. And we're like, oh my gosh, we waited an hour and it's, it's shut down. So we like we asked a cast member. She was like, no, no, no. One of the elevators has shut down. Otis, the elevator company, is on site. 
they shut the, the ride down, but everybody in the queue was going to be able to get on still. They just, they just weren't letting anybody else into line. Mm-hmm. So she's like, and she, I, I just thought this was really cool. And the cast member, she just was very upfront and forthcoming with, yeah, elevator's down. That's why it's showing down in the app. You know, Otis is here. When one elevator goes down, they have to fix it. They actually have to shut down both elevators right. to fix it. So we're just let everybody in the, in the line get the ride in and then um, shut it down for a while. So and it was up later in the day. So it wasn't like a huge shutdown. So we actually wrote it twice that day. But guys, Genie Plus. It really does work better it, in it, California. It, I it was it was it was amazing. Like, like I said, got to do everything we wanted to do. We paid for a couple lightning lanes. Um, I think we paid for uh, Radiator Springs Racers and uh, one of the other ones. Over at Disneyland, but uh, right? No, you know that's that's the one area of the park we actually did not. We, <laughs> I wanted the Melurun juice, so we got that. Yeah, we got that, and that was about it. Just once, just once, <laughs> just once. You know, talking, <laughs> talking. He's to, disgusted so we, that that Ryan only got the drink one time. I know, I know, just <laughs> just the one time. But we were there with my so it's just me, myself, my wife, and then my brother and his and his wife. It's just the four of us, so just kind of an adult trip. And really, the four of us really didn't have a whole lot of desire to to do Rise or to do Millennium Falcon. So um, we went over there in the evening and there was hardly anybody there. So we just kind of walked around, took in the sights and the sounds and uh, got some Melurune juice. And you're looking at me, Randy, like. No, I just calculated. <laughs> it was like, oh, no desire to do Because, you know, this upcoming guys trip where we have more than six people coming. And I've been very, I've been very, been very nervous about this, like. Who's sitting out on Falcon? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's not me. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's funny, man. I, uh, I probably, we'll see. The guy's trip might be a little different. So how It'll was the, uh, I, like, I have a couple of questions because you're like right in my wheelhouse. So how was the Monte Cristo? Fantastic. Yeah. And I'm actually, I'm actually <laughs> upset that we had to share one last time. Yeah. Like you're like no, these are too big. We, we you can't finish. I finished that thing all by myself, <laughs> and a little bit of my wife's plate. Like it was just as I remember it. It was delicious. Oh, just great vibe, great food. Yeah. Loved it. Well, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it sounds like you had an amazing time. Yeah. Uh, so happy you got to do that, yeah. and happy you've you've at least converted a little bit more to the. Uh, the west coast i like that now remember remind me again when's the last time you really spent time in disney world like how how close are your visits here now so um the last time that i was at disney world probably i think it was june of 20 yeah 20 right i think right after they reopened that's what i that's what i thought yeah and then no no no, i'm sorry january of 21 that's, yeah. that's my, my so girl's it's been trip. A, it's been a long time. It's yeah. been a while. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So, no, everything no, no. you just said, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, guys, let, I mean, let, let's see how you feel, you know, in a couple weeks. Don't, hey, don't get me wrong. Hey, we're going to be there. So when this episode drops, we will be one week out yeah. from being there. And don't get me wrong. I am 100% excited for this trip. No, that's good. Oh, yeah. yeah I am too. I, I think uh, so, you know, we always give our little pro tips. My pro tip is just adult trips are awesome. Adult trips, whether it's, a, it's it's different, it's just a yeah. it's a different vibe, it's a different feel. Um, with the right adults, of course. <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. But uh, but okay, so let's get into twenty twenty four. So there's some exciting things that are coming up. Uh, I think, you know, one of the most exciting things. So let's let's maybe go Disney World, Disneyland, and then some of the other Disney products that are out there, and just kind of talk about some highlights, but. Biggest thing for Disney World right now, no more park reservations after January 9th. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. That's so a, it's about time. Yeah, it's it's way past time. I think the system I I will let me let me put it this way. I I do want to say this. I think this is a I, I'm pro no park reservation, but it has been interesting to me to help uh Ryan, we just talked about this again. This is a constant running theme on this show of managing expectations. Park reservation availability has helped me manage those expectations really well. When well, yeah, the reservations are sold out, I really do yeah, know, you know because because we look at crowd calendars and remember, crowd calendars are just forecasts. Nobody has any hard data behind it because Disney doesn't release that information of oh, we've sold this many 
tickets right. for this particular day. So this does come with a little bit of a double-edged sword. Um, we're going to go through a period of a little bit more unpredictability in terms of how many people are at the parks. Yeah, I agree. So along with no park reservations, of course, becomes uh, all-day park hopping. Yeah. But that's another um, big Oh, one. my gosh. To no me, no more a- waiting till after 2 p.m. Um, if you want to be able to get in the virtual queue at a park that you've missed something, you'll be able to be there early enough to do it. You couldn't do that before because, remember, the second virtual queue drops at 1 p.m. Right. You couldn't enter until 2. You had to be in the park to get it. This is a really, really big deal. I actually think all-day park hopping is a bigger deal than no park reservations. 100% agree with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm a hard buy on being able to park hop. I think that that's just such a huge advantage to be able to bounce back and forth. That's actually one of the things, one of the reasons why I love being over at Disneyland is because the parks are so close to each other. I love being able to kind of pick and choose and have that a la carte feel, being able to say, well, I'm done. I'm done at Magic Kingdom. Now I want to hop over to Hollywood Studios. And yeah. just the freedom to do that at any point, not just after. Not after 2 p.m., yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It, it, it's, a, it's a really, really big deal. Now, again, okay, same caveat about the park reservations. That's going to lead to even more unpredictability. And this is particularly true because what you see at Disney World more than you see at Disneyland, and this is just based on size alone, but you see a lot more of the big, large groups. You've got touring groups. You've got school groups. You've got groups from foreign countries. You see a lot more of those, which means that the more people around and the more people that have the freedom to move around, the less predictability you're going you're gonna to have. This is one of the things. In the last couple of years, guys, I think that it's been very predictable when you're in the park. You know what to expect. You can look around and you can see and, and you have a really good idea of what it's going to be like. This is especially true at Disney World. You would see that at Epcot more than I think the other places where after a certain period of the day, Epcot got really busy in the morning. Epcot tended to not be busy at all. And so people would not book park reservations at Epcot. I don't ever remember Epcot selling out a single day on a park reservation. Maybe it happened, but I don't remember it. And um, but people would wait till the 2 p.m. park hopping time because they'd want to come over and, you know, get their drink on around the world showcase. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally agree. And I'd say the same thing about Magic Kingdom. Right. So what you're going to see is people from Animal Kingdom. And I guess this existed exists today. Right. With with hopping after 2 p.m. But I think you're right. I think you're just going to see an influx of this where people are mass moving to. Parks like Epcot, parks like Magic Kingdom, where, you know, you have happily ever after going on. And so you're going to see this mass, you know, exodus over to Magic Kingdom to get be able to be able to see those events or those shows. And you have already said that during our guys trip, you will be one of those mass exiting every night to the Magic Kingdom. Oh, yeah, for sure. Watch the fireworks. I, I did this the last time we were there as a family is I just told my girls like, hey, look. Uh, I'm going to see Happily Ever After every single night of the three nights that we're going to be here. I just, I didn't want to miss it. That's like, that is my absolute number one must do item when I go to Disney World is to see Happily Ever After. And it's it's well worth it. Well worth it. Well yeah. worth it. Yeah. Okay. So next item on our new for 2024 is the Disney dining plan is back. Uh, They actually also just came out with free dining uh, from July 1st through September 30th. It's tied to being a Disney Plus member, which I don't know anybody that goes to Disney that doesn't have Disney Plus or Hulu or whatever. But anyways, uh, that's just for people staying at the resorts, right? Yeah, staying at the resorts. I think the, the details of the deal is like four days or four nights at a hotel and four park tickets. So it's not just Disney Plus. You also have to stay on site for at least four nights. But the big news is actually just Disney dining in and of itself. Um, we've done it a few times. I love it. It's It kind of takes, I mean, you're still paying for the food, obviously, but it just takes that, you know, that shock factor out of it whenever you get to the end of your meal, especially a character meal, and they bring that big check. Uh, that's not a fun moment, no matter how many times you got to see Mickey or Goofy during the meal. When you get that 
character dining check. You're feeling goofy at that point. Yeah, you're feeling a little goofy. (laughs) That's right. So Disney dining just allows you to basically, for those who don't know, it allows you to prepay for a certain number of meals, snacks, and treats uh, while you're there at the park. That's just for resort guests. Can anyone going to the park purchase the dining plan? No, No. it's resort Resort guests guests only. only. I I will say, and we should probably, now that it's coming back finally, do a more in-depth dive on the Disney dining plan in the future, an episode that kind of covers that a little bit more. You know, um, people ask about it a lot. It was one of the things that, uh, um, you know, I've heard a lot of questions from people. Is it coming back? When's it coming back? There's 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 a buzz and an excitement around it. The one thing I will say is this has a lot to do with uh, you need to manage your expectations in advance on how that's going to work and what it's going to look like and what makes the most sense for your family. There are enough conditions and stipulations on how it works that um, I actually was not sad to see it go because it created a lot less confusion in the food lines while we were at the parks over these last couple of years, it, it can it can be really interesting. So I'm I'm curious to see how it's going to go. I'm curious to see if they'll be able to integrate it into the mobile ordering apps. That was not something that was there before, and that was part of what led to long lines and confusion. That would make it too. easier. Yeah, like. it sure would. So true to Disney form, you know, another Disney program that takes some sort of mathematical doctorate degree to yeah. be able to figure out. Hey, how does this work? When can I use it? What does it qualify for? You get this many entrees. You get this many snacks. You get this many drinks. But but a drink could be a snack. But a snack could be a drink. But we already already had this argument during our Disney Food World draft. That's right. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. And so so it's interesting. Um, For some families, it works really really well financially. It makes a lot of sense. But you know, uh, we'll need to. I think we should do a deeper dive on that. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll I'll jump into the. And the mathematics of it and the financials of it and kind of do a cost comparison of like, hey, if you got the Disney plan, if you didn't, how that would look. So great idea. I think we'll jump into that. All right. Just a couple of ride updates for 2024. Some things that are a little bit exciting. So Star Tours coming out with a new mission uh, featuring Ahsoka. Um, So I think Disney's buying into that Ahsoka series that's coming up. New, New mission. Same throw up. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Voyage of the Little Mermaid. So as you recall, that that ride and that attraction, sh- it's not a ride, that attraction and show shut down uh, right at the time of COVID. It's been shut down with really no communication about when it was going to open up, if it was going to open up. So now they finally come out and said, yeah, we're going to open that up. It's got a new name. It'll have a little bit of a new show, but kind of the same thing there. It's in Hollywood Studios. Country Bears, near and dear to Randy's heart. No, don't. Let's not. I don't even. (laughs) So new songs, new animatronics, some, I just learned the other day, some repeat of the uh, current songs they have. So it'll be a nice little mixture there. Well, Blood on the Saddle better be in that repeat mix. That's all I got to say. And then the big, big ride that's coming out, of course, no firm date, but Tiana's Bayou Adventure scheduled to open sometime in 2024 at the Magic Kingdom. This is obviously the ride that replaces Splash Mountain. So, and and with with Tiana's Bayou Adventure, actually, it is more than just the ride. There's an area over there, and there will in yeah. fact be a restaurant as well too. I don't know if the restaurant will make opening in time. That sometimes the restaurants are a lot more dicey and difficult to get to. I. Let me just put it this way, having been there a few times recently, and you guys will see in a couple of weeks, uh, it'll, in my opinion, it'll be a stretch to open this year. Yeah. Um, having watched the way, how long it took them to get Journey of Water going and how much other construction still going on at Epcot. I know that the plan was 2024. Let's see. But I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. Yeah, one thing no, I I'm heard not, I'm that not, was... Never mind. Uh, I'm not optimistic. That was a lie. I'm, yeah. not <laughs> I'm not optimistic. So one thing I heard that I think would be phenomenal, we talk about expanding, we talked about expanding smaller areas of the park into larger areas. A rumor I heard, obviously this is not confirmed, uh, but that they would convert Pecos Bill into a Tiana's restaurant and that that whole area would kind of be like Disneyland. <clears throat> where it's themed more towards New Orleans Square because right now the way Tiana's is starting to look, it doesn't fit into Frontierland and the current vibe and theming 
And so they might just kind of create this little corner, if you will, if you in your mind's eye think about that area of the park and just make it a little mini New Orleans square. I'd be in on that. Yeah. You know, the difficulty with that, of course, is, is that then you're effectively cutting off frontier land, right? Yeah. Um, you're, you're segmenting the center of it out where now you'll have a big thunder and Tom Sawyer kind of over by itself while you've got the shops and, and, and country bears and everything over here. I think something does have to be done. I, I agree. Uh, this New Orleans themed ride doesn't make any sense in Adventureland. Yeah. And Pecos Bill is disgusting, so it doesn't need <laughs> something new anyway. So, yeah. uh, you know, there's things, there's opportunities here. So I will say this, being at Disneyland this past holiday season, this past trip, we were able to kind of get in and see the Club 33 door. Got to see inside the Club 33, somebody opened the door like Willy Wonka coming out of his chocolate factory. I was like, we got to take a picture. <laughs> did, did they do a somersault? <laughs> he, he, no, he almost did, though. Um <laughs> But uh, that whole area over there was just was just super charming. A lot of the shops, just very boutique style shops there in, in New Orleans Square. I, I hope this rumor comes to pass. I hope that, like you said, Randy, I could Pecos Bill just get rid of it. I mean, it's it's time they need to just redo that whole area. Give me a nice Cajun seafood place. It's it's Florida. It's in the it's in the South. We need a nice Cajun seafood place there. In yeah, New that's Disney. what. It, that's what I was going to say. If you bring me some beignets and a little gumbo, I'm, give me some I'm crawfish etouffee. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm yeah. in on that. Uh, how about the Monte Cristo fellas? Oh, yes. I mean, you know, let's see. Oh, yes. Anyways, I think there's a lot of opportunities. You know, it does make a little more sense in Disneyland just because Pirates of the Caribbean there is themed for the New Orleans Square, that theming, right? Yeah. But, yeah. You know, it's very much a Adventureland theme at Disney World. We've talked about this before, that that is, frankly, an opportunity to expand the entire Pirates theme and franchise into something of its own at Disney World and Magic Kingdom. Right. Um, I don't know. Again, there are lots of opportunities. Yeah. All right. So moving over to Disneyland, uh, a couple of things coming up. So one thing that has been there in the past but is coming back is Pixar Fest. So this is going to run April 26th through August 4th. It's exactly what it sounds like, right? So you're just going to get a lot more Pixar characters. Yeah. Now, let me ask on this is, have they not been doing Pixar Fest for a while and it's finally coming back? Or this is kind of an annual festival that this is their... No, no, no. So they shut it down. So okay. good question. They shut it down and it's coming back. Another big, big news just dropped, I think this week or last week, is that your Magic Key Passes, which is the annual pass for Disneyland, are coming back and opening up all four levels are opening up January 10th. So that'll be a huge thing. I don't know if you guys... Will there be a limited availability on those sales? Because, you know, once be. they came back to Disney World, it, they haven't stopped them. Yeah, they so, really haven't. So that was the big difference, right? And that's what scared me. At the time, I was not going to get another Disneyland pass. I had a Disneyland uh, Magic Key Pass, but I was looking at Disney World... However many year and a half ago when they opened up Disneyland's Magic Key Pass, it sold out literally the In, day of. Yeah, yeah. It was incredible, right? Like it, people online were saying, you know, five, six, seven hour waits to be able to purchase the Magic Key Pass. So it sold out immediately. And Disney World, for whatever reason, did not. And But there was a fear going into the Disney World release of their annual pass that it was going to mirror Disneyland. Fortunately, it didn't. And so I think we're going to see a repeat. The demand is there. There's so many more annual pass holders in California than there are in Disney World per capita, right? Like, obviously, there's more people going to Disney World, but I just think there's so many more locals that want that annual pass. So I think that's why Disneyland is going to sell out again. That's my prediction. Hmm. Interesting. A uh, couple of other things coming up at Disneyland to be aware of. This is a big one. So the Haunted Mansion is closing down January 21st at Disneyland for refurbishment. If you remember the news report, what they're going to do is that whole area. So, Ryan, you were just there. That whole area where there's a big oak tree and there's uh, not where the queue funnels in, but it kind of touches around the, the Haunted Mansion queue line. All of that is going to be refurbed and rebuilt out and be more themed specifically to the haunted mansion. So 
it's going to be a big overhaul, and it's probably going to take the rest of the year for them to complete that refurb. How is the current queue not themed to that? I thought it was all Haunted Mansion. So the queue itself, once you pass through the gates and and go through, like if you're doing a fast pass or (laughs) lightning lane, uh, and you chime in, that's where the queue actually starts. What I'm talking about is just outside of that, there's a little bit of a pathway in between that and what used to be the mint julep. And it was just this kind of sitting area that was brick walls and a big oak tree there. They're going to, they're going to refurb all okay, of that. I, I, I think I remember what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that'll be a big thing to be aware of. You'd hate to go to Disneyland, hoping to get on the haunted mansion and get there and, and not realize that it's not closed or that it's closed. Another big thing that's coming back to Disneyland is Fantasmic. So if you remember, was it midsummer, I think, or or late summer, they had a huge fire with Maleficent. Maleficent doesn't do well with fires. She got on fire at Disney World a few years back as well during the, yep. well, <laughs> during the fantasy and, and, parade. Well, and I'll tell you what, um, the last time I was there, she's not breathing fire anymore. And I no, think that's the yeah. reason why I think they basically said, okay, can't can't do it and i'm like well that then what's the point yeah <laughs> what's that, the point that doesn't seem like it'd be too hard of a thing to fix not at of course, all, my right? other thought has always been the, the dragon's been breathing orange fire supposed to be breathing green fire yes. anyhow so until they can get her to breathe oh, green yeah. fire what's the point either we need 100 percent accuracy with uh, you that. know they can do better come on imagineers so phantasmic is back disneyland um that's a fun show that's a fun show at disneyland it's a little well, not a little. It's very different than the atmosphere at Disney World. You're actually sitting on the banks of the of the river there, um, whereas Disney World is a whole pavilion that's all set up for it. Anyways, uh, still a great show. It's coming back. Well, um, uh, and let's, you know, if I remember correctly, sitting is a very loose term. You're not supposed to be sitting, yeah, right? You're right. supposed to be standing. Um, having just seen Fantasmic at Hollywood Studios for the first time ever in my what? last trip, yeah. Never hadn't done it. Uh, it was a great experience, by yeah. the way. It was a great experience, and I particularly enjoyed the fact that we were sitting in a real amphitheater and everyone could see. Yeah, yeah. I think that's where Disneyland is a little lacking. Is is just you know the space park was built what you know ninety years ago. Is that right? Eighty years ago. Anyways, fifties to twenty twenty three. Seventy the, years. You're, ago. you're the finance guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was built a while ago, and uh, they just. They didn't have the foresight, obviously, to have some of these. And now they just don't have the space. So you're kind of cramped in yeah. in some of these locations for some of these shows. But anyway, uh, and then the other thing that's that's new to Disneyland for 2024 is their Run Disney event. So this, again, this was done in the past and now it's coming back. I think there's a lot of excitement about running. Uh, and I saw some of the courses. I know we've all done Run Disney with our wives before. What's different at Disneyland is you're actually out on the streets, right? There you can't, there, again, spacing is limited. And so you can't just run these distances all what in the park bubble. Like the streets outside of Disney? Yes. Well, pass on yes. Me. Yeah. Yeah. So you are actually running out. Yeah. Well, how are you going to do a half and a full unless you get outside? It's, yeah. it's literally, there's not enough pathways. Yeah. To if do I'm it. doing a run Disney marathon, I'm going to go to the world where I can run. You say that you say that, but you do forget too. Last time, I mean, the 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 weather elements are a big factor. Huge. In those and there's events. a lot of um, you know, and, you, and you I would definitely that, rather run in California. That's than true. In Florida. And there there is actually is a lot a lot of running outside of Disney World for those. Oh, and you're gonna do yeah at Disney yeah. World. You're gonna do, you absolutely will. You're literally gonna be running on main highways as part of the marathon at Disney yeah, World, true. right? That's because true. you're going to run between Epcot and into and through Magic yeah. Kingdom. So I guess I've never done more than a 10K there, so yeah. or will I ever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was the big, big news. There's a couple of outliers, I think. Uh, I hate to even bring this one up, but the Communicore Plaza. No, this is a big deal. Don't hate to bring that up. Because <laughs> well, I just mean for it to actually drop in 2024. No, no, no. I'm this- a little... I'm a little I, I think they're gonna get there finally. 
I'm telling you right now, and you're going to experience this, this is the most important thing that can be done in Epcot right now. Oh, I agree. It's going to be huge. Just like uh, President Reagan said, you know, Mr. Iger, tear down these walls, right? <laughs> I am so sick of the construction walls there and how difficult it makes it to get around in, you know, from the non-world showcase part of Epcot. It's got to come down. And this is a really, really big deal for that reason and that reason alone. I don't think this is going to add a whole lot to the average guest's experience, <laughs> the Communicorp Plaza itself. It's a great. It's going to be great for the festivals. Right. Um, it's going to have a lot of extra exhibit space. I don't know what else is beyond that, but the most important thing to me is get those stupid construction walls down. We've got to open the park back up. Okay, so that's it for the U.S. parks. No. Um, did you mention the Little Mermaid? Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I'm glad you brought that up, Randy, because I wanted to go back for a second. I'm actually glad that they're reimagining the Little Mermaid show. That whole side, to me, of Hollywood Studios has been absolute barren since that show stopped. You know, the Star Wars launch bay there, the Disney Junior, which is fine if you have little kids. Um, But for me, it's just, it's an afterthought. I just walk right past it until I get to Walt Disney Presents. So I'm glad that they're bringing this show back and it's being reimagined to something more spectacular. Yeah, my thing is, and there's various parts in most of the parks where I get very disappointed and I look at wasted space, right? This has been a space that's just, it's been an absolute waste for years now because yeah. nothing's going on, nothing's happening in it. Um, and I, I can't stand that. It's the same issue in Tomorrowland at the Magic Kingdom, right? You know, once once Lilo and Stitch was gone, you're like, why are we not using this space for something? Like, that's put prime a, put, real estate right there. Put a merchandise shop in there for crying yeah. out loud, like we did back in Storybook Circus, you know, in the tent, you know, even if it would, it's not that big of a deal. But let's not just have buildings sitting there collecting dust, doing nothing. Let's do something with it. And, um, you know, it's easy for us to say that, obviously, on the outside, when you're running a company, it's a lot harder to kind of figure some of those things out. But, man. When you look at the issues with park crowding, when you look at the the lack of options sometimes on this thing or that thing, and then you see this whole empty space sitting there, it, it's really hard. I And again, Tomorrowland is a great example of this because there's a lot of areas in Tomorrowland where you're just like, wow, we are not – if this is what the world of tomorrow looks like, we're going to be in <laughs> trouble, right? Think about Tomorrowland Terrace, Okay. You've got this whole big, huge dining area that we only use at nighttime for a dessert party or a special, special yeah, event for somebody true. else. It has driven me nuts for a year. But to me, it's, it's just a, short a shortcut to tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's a shortcut because some people are like, oh, I don't want to go in there. It looks like it looks like it's something important. No, it's, it's just a waste of space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's um, a great point. OK, we good to move on outside the U.S.? Good. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. OK, so Tokyo. Uh, I want to get the official name on this, unless one of you guys have it. It is the Fantasy Springs. There you go. Yeah, Fantasy Springs. I Fantasy to... Springs at Tokyo Disney Sea. You know, if you're not super familiar, um, Tokyo Disney Sea is one of the theme parks in uh, in Tokyo, Japan. There's two. There's Tokyo Disneyland and then Tokyo Disney Sea, similar to the arrangements you have with Disneyland and California Adventure, effectively, right? It's part of the resort area. Um, Fantasy Springs is the newest land coming to that particular park. And one of the things that will be unique to it, in fact, is the Fantasy Springs Hotel that will be built in the land itself. So that you will have a hotel integrated into the park itself. Again, I picture this like California Adventure. So the Grand Californian is effectively part of California Adventure Park. You've got your own private entrance there. Um, it sounds really cool. Um, oh, the concept know, art looks amazing. It, it yeah. really does. You know, Rapunzel's Forest is going to be part of this. Peter Pan's Neverland. Um, the Frozen Kingdom. Um, I'm... I, I, Disney Sea guys is really high on my list of next parks to go to. Yeah, I was going to say that as well. So my uh, brother-in-law, he spent some time in Japan, knows the language. I think we've talked about as a family grabbing him and you know going over there because he would be great to have as a tour guide to help us with the rest of Tokyo. 
um, and just being able to move around and, and enjoy that city. But Tokyo Disneyland, definitely on the bucket list. Yeah. And don't forget Disney C S E A pop quiz, Ryan. Why is it called that? Because S E A is an acronym. Yes. For something. That, <laughs> that is correct. And you weren't here me. for that episode, which is why I'm giving you flack. But I'm just reminding our listeners, this is the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. Right. Um, of which we see mixed throughout the various parks. Most prominently, you'll see it, I think, of course, at the Jungle Cruise, the Jungle Navigation Company and Skipper Canteen and Magic Kingdom. But uh, that's why I'm excited. I'm like, wow, here's an underused IP that they decided to just pop up a whole theme park around sorry to give you put you on the spot no 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 and it was interesting that's what you get for not showing up (laughs) (laughs) i'm curious we've we've given the peter pan ride a lot of flack on this show and i'm curious how this peter pan's neverland is going to look because they've actually taken this and just hey we're just going to double down on peter pan the whole pirate ship's there yeah like this according to the concept it looks it looks pretty cool so okay so moving on to disney cruise line just a couple of updates there big one is that they hope, emphasize hope, to have the new ship, the Disney Treasure. So the Wish came out this past year. They hope to have the Treasure, which is the, would be their newest boat, coming out in December of 2024. Another big Disney Cruise Line uh, announcement is the new island. So Lookout K is going to be Disney's second island. I'm super excited about both of these. I don't know if you've heard much about the Treasure, but one of the big spectacular. things, yeah, it's supposed to be spectacular as far as technology. But one of the things that I'm most excited about is they have a haunted mansion lounge. So one of the lounges there in the ship is all haunted mansion themed. It's going to be amazing, absolutely spectacular. You know, we we talked in the pre-show a little bit about whether or not we think it really will happen. I I'm. I really think it will. Um, You're hopefully optimistic. December 21st, <laughs> actually, they have a date. It's not like, hey, we hope this is going to happen. At their, they've already sold it for December 21st for its very first um, voyage. You know, it's supposed to take a seven-night Eastern Caribbean cruise out of Port Canaveral. I, I, I'm guessing then, yeah, it's going to happen. They're selling. Um, if you're selling tickets, um, there's a really good chance it's going to do that. Its whole first season will just be seven night itineraries to the eastern and western Caribbean from Port Canaveral. So if you wanna if you wanna hitch a ride on that boat, you're gonna have to head out to Florida. But um it's really you know, I have not done a Disney cruise. Dak, you've done multiples of yeah. them. I really, really want to go on one, even though I'm not a, you know, big cruise guy in the first yeah. place. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm fifty fifty on the cruises, just cruising in general. Uh, my girls and my wife, they absolutely love the cruises. And so that's why we go, uh, because they're a Disney cruise. That's why I girl go. <laughs> so I probably would be a less likely to be agreeable on a non Disney cruise. But all that being said, some of the things they're doing on the wish on the treasure, uh, that they're integrating into these ships is just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, they're kids clubs right now. So it's funny when you first get on a cruise ship. A Disney cruise ship, you the first day, all you're doing is just touring all the different exciting things about the ship. Well, one of the most exciting sh- things about the ship is the kids' clubs. And I'm telling you guys, they are so interactive. Half the adults that are doing the tour are kind of looking at each other like, dude, I could spend all day here. Like, yeah, forget my kids being able to play in the kids clubs let me go play in the kids clubs they're yeah. they're pretty phenomenal and so i can only imagine that on the wish and the treasure they're just that much better yeah yeah i i i agree um it looks absolutely spectacular so that's all i had as far as new for 2024 i got There's a few, I, few I got other... one more i oh, got okay. one more um and this one just caught my eye very recently but in our last episode we spent some time talking about the disney vacation club and some of the perks that go with that, you know, one that we didn't spend much time talking about is that at Epcot, there is actually a dedicated Disney Vacation Club member lounge. Um, if you've ever wondered what's going on in those pyramids, <laughs> the top of it actually is the DVC lounge. It's a free lounge to members um, when space is available. Members in there are able to relax. 
Um, there's some very comfortable chairs. It's recently been refurbished. Free drinks, soft drinks, free snacks. Um, also, you have concierge services for vacation club members. If you need additional help or assistance with things, there's people that can help you with that. But word has just come out that construction on a new DVC member lounge will begin in Disney World this year. There's not a lot of details on it, but hmm. this is important for this particular reason. For years, as DVC members, we've been told that that member lounge in Epcot is temporary. It could be going away. It could be going away. It could be going away. Um, and they would continually say, hey, we're going to keep it moving. And that's been great news for us. We love it, especially when you get super hot and you're like, man, I just want to go put my feet up for a second. It's a great place. And you get an amazing view at the top of the pyramid, by the way, because it's all glass. To hear that they're going to build an additional member lounge, I don't know if it'll replace this one, but to, to build one and dedicate that, that's great news, I think, for DVC members. Yeah, for sure. Where would you want to see that? You which know, park? Uh, I would want to see that probably in, if I were to pick anywhere, I'd probably want to see it in Hollywood Studios. Oh, okay. Um, just because I think about it, you know, the advantage in Epcot is, my opinion, Epcot is the most, um, you'll, you'll do the most walking at Epcot. It is difficult to navigate because you have to either walk in a big circle from one side of the world showcase to the other. It's a long distance. That's why run Disney races are in Epcot is because of how much space there is. And so you need that. Hollywood Studios is a park that is notorious for its lack of shade, for its hot pavement. So you need a place to kind of re relax and cool down. I don't know if they'll build it there, but that would be a great place in my opinion. I can find lots of spots in Magic Kingdom to do that. I feel like I can find quite a few places in Animal Kingdom to kind of sit back and relax. Hollywood Studios, not so much. That would be where I would build it. Cool. Nice. All right. 2024. So I hope each of you listening in are as excited as we are to go and explore and see some of these new things that are coming out in 2024. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and close out our episode with a magical scenario. So we got to come up with a jingle. At some point this year. So new for 2024 for the Escape to the Magic podcast is that we'll come up with a jingle to kick off our magical scenarios. There you go. We have to. I'm good with that. Like we're going to like sing it or. No. What is this jingle? We'll, we'll have to come up with something. You know, little music, little little jingle. Little tune, little tune, to, intro little tune. The, to intro the segment. Well, you know, Steamboat Willie now is in the public Three. domain. So. <sighs> You know, maybe we have some some whistling or something going on. I don't know. Yeah. Did y'all see that article about the horror the horror video movie. game? Yeah, <laughs> coming out. Did you see that, Dak? No, I didn't. Some video game creators somewhere have, I think, literally the the day that it expired, the yeah. the IP, they announced a tra they released a trailer of a cartoon mouse inflicting horror related activities. Uh, they're in this video game. It, it so. looked it looked like uh, it looked like Five Nights at Freddy's, yeah. but Steamboat Willie edition. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Little little sad to see. Yeah, you know, but it is what it is. All right, so we were talking um, over the holiday break, uh, and my family and I were just like I said, we we kind of came up with this whole idea of magical scenarios, and we we're we're constantly throwing questions out at each other. Would you like this? What would you do with that? Blah, blah, blah. And so the magical scenario that we came up with over this this last seasonal break was if you could bring any outside non-Disney IP into the parks and create a land or a ride or something along those lines, what would you bring? So nothing's off the table. It can be any, any level of... Uh, you know, it can even be someone else's IP. So Minions or Jurassic Park or some of these other things that you see at Universal or some of these other parks. You know, the WB I know is big at uh, Six Flags and all of that. So what non-Disney IP would you bring to the parks and why? Hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to need a second. I've got a couple in my brain. Yeah, I do. I do too. But I'm interested to see where you guys go. I'm, I'm like, I don't want to go first, yeah. but uh, Dak, you may need to I, go first. I do. Have, <laughs> I, do ha I do have an idea, though. You want to go first? Uh, 
What do you got? Yeah. <laughs> so mine is, mine is, I don't know why this is the only thing I can think of on the spot. And this is my magical scenario. So I don't know why I can't think of anything better. This is more of a sponsorship than a, um, <laughs> than an actual IP. But I was just thinking as we were talking about some of these dead spaces that aren't being used. What if we brought in the sleep number or. Oh my gosh. <laughs> hear me out. And you create no, just sleeping stop. pods, <laughs> sleeping pods in the parks. Oh like my part gosh. of my problem <laughs> is that I'm so dog tired. It would be nice to take a nice AC break, maybe catch a nap. And uh, yeah, you know, they they have they have these places all over there called hotels. Yeah, no, right. But that, it takes you an purpose. hour to like get out of the park. You have sabotaged your, your own magical scenario. <laughs> All right. What what IP from other parks can you bring over? Sleep Let's talk number. about sleep beds. <laughs> Listen, there is nothing better than a midday break, and huh. so I'm I'm all in on my. Sleep I have number. lots of places to sleep. I've got the Hall of Presidents. I've got the Carousel of Progress. I got exactly. I got a Spaceship Earth. Right. I've talked extensively about my nap places, <laughs> but okay, I, that's fine. All right, you guys poo poo on my let, sleep. Let, uh, let me let me be a little more serious. <laughs> So I, as I was thinking about this, I thought about the IPs that already exist at other theme parks. Um, and I didn't want to really go there so much, right? Like, I was like, ah, I don't want Transformers. Nah, I don't want to do Jurassic Park. Like, Universal's got a lot of those things already pretty well covered and cornered. And then I thought about of a bunch of other ones that were all kind of space themed. Like, boy, wouldn't it be interesting, like, if we brought, like, the world of Dune, like, if you brought Arrakis Ooh. to Disney. But I'm like, but Galaxy's Edge, we've already got these sorts of things. And I thought, oh, Star Trek, that would be kind of cool. And I was like, but we don't need another star theme thing. And so I thought about, what if we brought Middle Earth? Dude, no! <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that. You know, it's interesting. There is, it's absolutely enormous. We don't really have anything that has such a diversity of types of characters and stuff from big people to small people to tree people to, you know, wizards and you put it all together, you know, orcs and goblins and dwarves and elves and, and humans. And, um, you know, there's just, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. What did the rides look like? I don't know, but the food could be pretty good. And, uh, restaurant number one should probably be the Prancing Pony. Oh, I think that would rival all of the Harry Potter stuff over exactly. at Universal. Like that would be a good this for that sort of. Uh, so that's it. That's a great one. A no, really that is a fantastic. One. I think you could have you could have an attraction where your mission is to take the ring to Mordor. Yep. Into I just some, some sort of you know. Choose your own adventure attraction, maybe. I don't know. Or maybe even like a... Ah, that's just a great... I love that idea. It would fit really well even... Like, you know, I'm thinking you could even take the Indiana Jones adventure and you could replicate it and make yes. it a, a, a Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth themed sort of thing. And you could do it really well with the ring. Um, but, you know, just think about all the different places. You've got the Shire. You've got, you know, Rohan, the the land of the horse people. You've got Gondor with these gigantic places. And think about, like, what a castle could look like. Mm. I mean, I think almost to a certain extent you could almost even have your own entire theme park dedicated to You would that. have to. Um, it doesn't super fit well with Disney. I get it. But I think it would, um, you know, just like Marvel has, just like Star Wars has, it would bring in that extra layer of or group of, of fans that are really dedicated to that IP. Yeah. And like engulf them in the Disney in the Disney universe. Don't forget, right? Jeff Bezos spent like two billion dollars just to develop a TV series, right? It wasn't purchasing all of the IP. Like he he was like, I don't care what it costs, I want to make these shows for Amazon Prime. And um I do think that there's there's opportunities and you know, to be had, but I don't know. Did I steal your thing, Ryan? No, no, I was, I was, I was debating between that one and that, I mean, that, that was a great one. Um, I, I, I still like the idea of just because I am a Harry Potter fan, I think, and if you've been to universal, you've been to Harry Potter world, I would say this, I think they, they could have done it a little better. It's very, very crowded at certain times. 
I think you could take you could bring Harry Potter over to Disney, just make an entire land out of it. Lots of restaurants, a show or two. All, I mean, the Hagrid ride is is phenomenal. One of my favorite rides yeah, anywhere. Definitely. It's just yeah. an amazing ride. Um, and I think the way Disney does things, I think they can make it a little bit, I don't want to say better, but maybe expand on the Harry Potter idea, on the, on the Harry Potter universe, um, more so than what Universal has done. But, I, think, I think I, and you know what, if I could jump on that for just a second, here is where where Universal excels is they they excel at the thrill attraction. Yes. And they excel at the environmental theming around it. But those cues are painful <laughs> because there's nothing to do yeah. but stand in line. And some of them look really good. And the Hagrid ride is a great example of that. But it is the line where you're like, I don't think this line's ever going to end and we're going to get on this ride. <laughs> I mean, you two hours later and you're just like, oh, wow, we're going to turn another corner. Yep. How much further could this possibly go? But you know what Disney would do with that? They would have a pre-show be part of it. They would have interactive things where you could play a game like you do at Space Mountain. You would There would be other stuff to do, and that is where the Imagineers take it beyond that. Yep. It's not just about standing in a line. It, it was once upon a time, and we've realized that we've got to do more than that. Um, you know, I agree. Yeah. I agree. That great magical scenario. I got it. I got it. Sleep number bed. You're going to put them in the Galactic Cruiser. It's shut down anyways. There's beds there ready to go. Dude, you're trying to save this idea. <laughs> so you're telling, you're telling me that you're in Magic Kingdom and you want to nap. You're going to, you're going to stroll over to the Galactic Stitches. Star Cruiser. No, nope, nope. Stitches, Great Escape. It's big, big open space right there. I, I, I set us up for this one, basically, when, when I was like, we got to do something with these spaces. And Dak's like, yeah, fill them with beds. Yeah. <laughs> Take a great nap. All right. <laughs> That's it, fellas. I just wanted to leave on a laugh. Um, great show today. Great show. Ryan, good to have you back. Thanks, man. Thanks. Good to be back. Check us out on all of our social media channels, Instagram, Facebook. We still do TikTok? We do. Oh, do we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't I don't get on TikTok. But check us out. Escape to the Magic Podcast on all three of those platforms. Next week, coming to you from, are we? Not, not no. next week. Two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah. Tease I, it out there. I can't, I can't no, do that. No, no, no. You're right. Next week. Next week. We yeah, will be coming next from. Next week. We're coming to you from Disney World. Yeah, you are right. Are we gonna, so are we going to tease that? Like we're going to try so to record at Disney. We're going to record in the parks. Yes. yes. Can't promise how long it's going to be because Randy's got to get to a ride. But, <laughs> but we are recording from the parks. It's going to be awesome. Stay tuned. Wednesday's Escape to the Magic. Awesome. Bye, guys. Bye, guys.